Well, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Galatians 5, and we're going to look at 22 and 23. It's our theme scripture for this month, and we are looking at walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? And, um, amen. So, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, New King James Version. Amen. It says, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Amen. And of course, we've been going over this, and um, last month we talked about the, uh, you know, the, the, the main fruit is love, and I believe love is the root to bear the rest of the fruit in our lives. Amen. And, uh, you know, in Romans 5, 5, New King James Version says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So I'm going to say this. You have the capacity to love like Jesus. Amen. And yeah, you may doubt that. You know, you may be going through some issues or some problems or... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about patience today. How many people have a problem with temper in here? Okay, we won't. So anyway, but we're going to be talking about patience and contrasting patience with temper. Amen. Some of us might need to temper our temper. Amen. And, uh, but I'm going to say this, that you have the divine nature of God abiding on the inside of you. Amen. And you have the uh, God attributes on the inside of you. Amen. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4 says it this way, because I'm going to say this to you. Some of you that are hotheads, there is hope. Can I say that again? Some of you that have a short fuse, there is hope. Amen. Look at 2 Peter 1, uh, 3, and 4. It says, uh, this is Peter talking to us, and he says, His divine power, God's divine power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue by which we have been given to us exceedingly and great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So say, I'm a partaker of the divine nature. Amen. So you're more than just who you think you are. Amen. Amen. I, I, you know, you, you're more than just the natural person you're a supernatural person because you got god almighty living on the inside of you and some of you might be thinking uh you sure about that pastor <laughs> uh you know some of you might be navigating your faith walk and some of you've been saved for a long time but hopefully every day we're getting more saved Amen. can i say that again every day we're drawing more closer to god Thank you for those amens. Uh, the rest of you, are, you, you're probably saying, oh, me, but we are drawing closer. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, talking about the divine nature that we, we possess, he says that if we're in Christ, we're new creatures. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. And so, you know, uh, you may have had a temper. You may have issues with the flesh, but that was your old nature. You have a new nature now. You don't, you don't, I'm going to say this. Can I get out of my seat today? Uh, you don't fight an old nature. You're, you know, some, some theologians believe that we have two natures. 
That would make you schizophrenic, you know. Uh, you don't have two natures. You have one nature. See, I have one nature. And, that, and you have a God nature. I'm going to say it again. You have a God nature. And, and some of you husbands may say, well, my wife doesn't think that way. But uh, you have a God nature. Amen. On the inside of you. You are new creations in Christ. And you have the ability to love like Jesus. You know, you know, you're not fighting an old nature. Some of you might, you ever, you ever feel like that you're fighting with yourself? Yes, I'm going to be nice. No, I'm not going to be nice. Yes, I'm going to be nice. No, I'm not going to. You ever feel like you're, you're not really fighting with yourself. You're, you're, you're fighting with that carnal mind. In other words, it's a carnal mind that we are dealing with that's keeping us from walking in the spirit of God. And so what we, ha we have to do something with the carnal mind. Amen. Hopefully none of us have carnal minds this morning. Amen. But we got to do something. What do we got to do with something? What do we got to do? Well, you got to do two things. You got to present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, right? And you have to renew your minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so we have to renew our mind to our new nature in Christ. So if, there's a, if you're having problems, you're having problems with this, this thing up here. Amen. But if you renew your mind to who you are in Jesus, you'll start acting like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, renew your mind. Look at your other neighbor and say, really, you need to renew. No, I'm... <laughs> renew your mind. Hallelujah. I like in 2 Corinthians 5.17 because the Apostle Paul and Peter, they were really saying the same things when Peter was talking about partaking of the divine nature, that we need to partake of the divine nature, that we have a divine nature in us. Amen. I like the amplified, the 2 Corinthians 5.17 amplified version. And, it's, and it gives a little bit more life to the scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... That is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior. He is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual, and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. So isn't that wonderful? I love that scripture. And that's, that's saying that once we have Jesus, the old man is dead. Glory to God. He died. Amen. When you received Christ, you were raised up with him. Glory to God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so today, we're, uh, so this, this month, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the fruit of joy. And I really believe, you know... Joy is downloaded into our spirits, if, we, if I may, by us being a witness for Christ. I remember that listening to a story about Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth was a powerful man of God. And his kids were sick. And I think they had a fever. And, of course, he was, all, he was in the Bible. He was living for, he was sold out for God. At one time, he was backslidden as a Christian. But he came back to the Lord. Amen. And, uh, and so he prayed for his kids, and God healed his kids. And he was a plumber. 
And so he was just so excited about God's word working. Amen. It's exciting when God's word works. And so he was at a lady's house and he just had a grin on his face and the light of God's glory was shining in his face because he was thinking about how good God is because God is good. Somebody say God is good. And so, and so the lady at the house said, how come you seem so full of joy? And, he's, and he just said, well, God is so good that he answers prayer and he healed my kids this morning when I prayed. And she said, you know, you just seem so joyful. I want some of that. And he said, it's easy to get it. All you have to do is get Jesus. You get Jesus and you will get the joy. And I don't know if anybody remember, do you remember when you first got saved? Do you remember how excited you were about the things of God? I mean, you couldn't, I'm telling you, uh, nobody could tear you away from the church. I mean, you wanted to be in church every time the doors opened. Why? Because it was brand new. Amen. And so, so, so he led her in a prayer and got her saved. The lady that he was working on in the house. And she said, I feel so wonderful. I feel so great. She said, how do I keep this feeling? And he says, you got to give it away. And she, and she said, what do you mean? He says, you got to testify about the goodness of God. And the more you tell uh, people about Jesus, the more joy you're going to walk in. Amen. Amen. Some of us are struggling in here. We don't have the joy like we, we used to have. And all you need to do is start talking about Jesus to somebody. Amen. In other words, we used to go out knocking on doors. And you know what? Uh, you know, I really love praying for people, asking people. If we, you know, we knock on doors and we introduce ourselves. And we ask them if they need some prayer or whatever. And we, and we give them a card. And I'm telling you, I've, for some reason, I always get joy on those Saturdays. Anybody used to go out witnessing with, with me? Did, did any, anybody can attest getting that joy? So I, I believe joy is downloaded, if I may, into us by when we are a witness, when we're building the kingdom of God. Now, Luke 10.1 says this way. He says, uh, we're going to look at Luke 10.1, talking about joy in 10.17. It says, and these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two uh, before his face to every city and place where he himself was about to go. So it's interesting. So Jesus took, said to 70 people, go out and witness. And this is before Jesus was going to come in. And that's interesting because, um, you know, the, the, the people that were witnessing for Jesus were preparing. They, they were preparing the people for Jesus to come in and give the word. But Jesus gave them an anointing. I'm going to say this today. You are anointed. As soon as you get saved, you get an anointing on you. That's an anointing to be a, to be a, a reconciliator for, for people to come into God. Amen. You have a ministry of reconciliation. And in Luke 10, 17, it says the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So listen. Uh, when you start, I'm telling you, when you start witnessing for God and you start praying for people and you see people get healed, delivered and set free, you're going to get excited. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Some of us aren't excited that much because we're not praying enough for other people. We're praying for ourselves. But I'm going to say this. Start praying for others. And, you know, when I first got saved, I had one person said to me, they said, hey, uh, and of course I was a, a congregational member. I was an usher. And uh, I had this one guy that was bold. And he said, let's go to the hospital and pray for people. And I said, uh, you go. <laughs> I'll pray for you while, while you go to the hospital. And, uh, you know, I, what I'm going to say this, that our faith is progressive. What do I mean by that? Our faith will, as we step out into the water and we continue to step out into the water to do things for God, our faith will grow and we'll become more confident in being a witness for the Lord. Amen. Thank you for those amens. The rest of you are oh me. And so, and so now, and I remember the day that I went to the hospital. And I remember that I prayed for this one lady that was having problems with having a baby. And the power of God moved. And I'm telling you, the, the anointing of God was in that place. She wasn't sleeping at night. Uh, she was having problems sleeping at night. She was bedfast in the hospital. And the, it was, she was, you know, the baby was in jeopardy of being lost. And, uh, but God did a miracle, brought her through. She had her baby. It's a beautiful little girl. And she said, when I prayed that she was able to sleep that night, the first night in, in weeks. Why? Because somebody say there's power in prayer. And I'm going to say this, you know, it's not because I'm that special. It's because God's word is that special. I'm going to say it again. It's God anoints his word. In other words, he will anoint, when you speak his word, his word is anointed. And the Bible says that he will confirm his word with what? Signs following. I'm telling you, when I pray for people and they start getting healed, and I've seen people get healed, sometimes not automatically, not right there, but you get reports later, glory to God. And I love the reports that come later. Amen. So joy can be downloaded to us when we're building the kingdom of God. Last week we talked about peace. And the, I'm going to say this. The enemy is always after your peace. The devil doesn't want you walking in the peace of God. And, and so we contrasted peace with worry. Amen. Last week, and, and we can have a tendency to worry. I, I believe that's probably one of the biggest problems of lots of Christians is that they worry too much. Some of you might need to buy a stick of gum called Carefree. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of that, that stick of gum called Carefree? In other words, you need to start living carefree. In other words, you need to start saying no worries, right? And so we talked about that, uh, that, the, that the devil is after you and he, he wants you to worry. He wants you to fret. And in 2 Timothy 1.7 is a great scripture. It says in 2 Timothy 1.7, New King James Version, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power love, and a sound mind. So, you know, some of us, you know, that deal with worry every once in a while because we're either going to worry about 
what we didn't do or what we did in the past that might catch up with us, or we worried about, or we're worried about the future. You're either worried about the past or the future. But you know, Jesus said, don't worry about anything. Amen. So why? Because he is our shepherd. Amen. And we shall not lack for any good thing. Amen. God will take care of you. Amen? Amen. God has you in the palm of his hand. Amen. So some of us might need to confess daily that scripture. God has not given me a spirit of fear. There used to be a song that, that, that somebody wrote a song to go with that. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he has given unto me a spirit of power, a spirit of love and a sound mind. Boy, I sound pretty good up here. I like the acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> I won't join the worship team, okay? So you guys can relax and don't worry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How many people in here can make a joyful noise? Amen. Amen. That's all you make is a joy. Okay, we won't go there, but that's all some of us can make is a joyful noise, right? But you know what? God looks at our heart. You know, and, and he will help us. Amen. Some of you might sing better in the shower, but he will help us. Amen. So, so this, the Lord revealed this to me and, uh, about peace. And you can tweet this if you like. Uh, true peace in God is the absence of fear or worry or anxiety. So when you're walking in, in, in peace, it's the absence of being worry. It's the absence of being fearful. Amen. Glory to God. So, so when we take those out of the equation, then we should be walking in peace. Are you listening to me today? So today I want to talk to you about the fruit of patience. Amen. And I looked up patience. You know, I thought more patience would be more, you know, more aligned with perseverance. Because it's like you got to persevere, right? But, uh, but patience, I looked it up. And, and, and it says patience is the capacity. You ready for this? is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So can I read that again? Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Amen. So in other words... It's the ability, patience is the ability to stay calm while all hell is breaking loose around you. That's my vernacular, all right? It's the ability to stay calm when the storm is, is all around you and you don't know what to do, amen? And so we have to, we have to learn, you have to learn to walk in patience, amen? Glory to God. And so Ephesians 4, let's look at Ephesians 4. 25 and 32. And this is an exhortation from Paul. And he's writing to, to the Ephesian church. He's writing to us. And he says, therefore, put in away lying. You know, he has to tell his congregation, don't lie. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. The, 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 the Ephesian church, he said, put away lying. Amen. So we don't want to be lying. Amen. Uh, no white, you know, even a white lie is a lie. Glory to God. So then he says, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be, now, now in verse 26, where, this is where we want to hone in on. Be angry and do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down in on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So I like this because he says that you can be angry. I talked about this before. It's okay to be angry, but don't let that angry anger bring you into sin. You know, you know, if somebody does something wrong to you and they really do you down and dirty, it's okay to be angry about that situation. But, but the bad thing is, is to stay angry about it. Amen? And so what, what do we have to... We have to be very careful that we're not allowing anger to turn, up, to turn into bitterness, Amen. which can turn into hate, yes. which can turn into murder. Ooh, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. So we got to make sure, because when you get angry, uh, if it's not checked, it, it, it can turn into bitterness or, or unforgiveness. And then it, it, if unforgiveness has stayed in there, it'll turn to hate. And then you know what happens after hate? Murder. Murder, she wrote. I don't know, but murder. So it says here, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, uh, husbands and wives, you know, you can get angry with each other, but don't, don't go to bed angry. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so, uh, nor give place to the devil. Then he says, let him who stole still no longer. It's interesting this is in here right after this verse. Because he might be talking about somebody that stole something from somebody. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give to him who has need. So why do we make an income? It's so we can have something to give to somebody that's in need. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Or oh me. Is it now he says here, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not, now notice it says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, I don't know what that word clamor means, but you know what it means. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, giving one another, even as God in Christ, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgave you. And so this is the rest of Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. So, so you know, I'm going to say this, that if you're, if you're trying to learn to be patient, the best way to discover if you're a patient person if you don't open your mouth too quick. Hello. In other words, you start guarding this thing. Amen. James says that our tongue is full of deadly poisons. Our tongue can bless somebody here and curse somebody there. So see, really the key to our faith is how controlled are we on our tongue? Hello. Are you listening to me today? So how, how, how controlled are we? And we do have the spirit of self-control, which is another fruit. And the Bible also says it's the love of God that can constrain us. Yes, have you ever been constrained by the love of God? Yes, when somebody really deserves to be slapped upside the head with some reality? 
Now, I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about you can really take them down with your tongue. You can give them a good tongue lashing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Has anybody been there? Amen. So, so listen, you know, man, don't pray for patience. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Work out your patience. One person said, Lord, give me, you know, he was, you know, teach, you know, give me more patience. And then, you know, you don't want to do that because you will have more problems. Amen. Do you know what the Bible actually says? The Bible actually says that patience comes with problems. Did you know that? In other words, the more problems you have, the, the, the more patience you're going to walk in. In other words, if you, if you don't have any problems, you don't need any patience. Amen. And we live in a world that's crooked and undone. And you're going to have some problems in this world. Amen. Have you noticed that yet? Hopefully you're not too attached to this world. Hopefully you're getting excited about heaven. Amen. But we're not going to take a load up today, all right? But... What I'm saying is hopefully you, you, you're, you're not too attached to this world system because this world's going to pass away. Amen. And we're going to enter into the... See, God never wanted us to have any problems. You see, he created this planet perfect. He created Adam and Eve perfect. You know, the lion laid down with the lamb. It was, it was a perfect atmosphere. It was perfect. God wanted it to be perfect. He didn't want death. He didn't want any of this. But man messed it up, right? Because they ate from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they messed up. But God is trying to fix it. And we're all going back to the Garden of Eden in a sense. We're not going to go back the way it was. But in a sense, we're going back to a place where there's going to be no more pain. No more crying. No more hurting. How many people are looking forward to that day? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And so, so, so we need to learn to stay calm and peaceful when wrong things are happening to us. James 1, 19, 20 says this way. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. How do we do that? We have to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And, he's, and, and James says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So what, what do we normally do is we take this scripture and we operate it in the reverse. We're quick to, to wrath. Amen. We're, 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 we're quick to speak and we're slow to hear. And so what we need to do is we need to be swift to hear. In other words, we need to learn to listen. When people are, are doing things or they're saying the wrong things or doing the wrong, learn to listen. Amen. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Amen. And slow to wrath. I mean, I, I looked up some scriptures here in Proverbs about anger. How many people are, are, are enjoying this message this morning? Amen. Or are you getting angry about it? But anyway, uh, James 1, 19 and 20 says this way. I'm sorry. Proverbs 14, 29. New King James. Says it this way, he says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Think about that. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Proverbs 15:1 says it this way: A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word 
stirs up anger. Amen. In other words, maybe your spouse says something to you or they, they woke up on the wrong side of bed and they, and they yell at you or say something that's not too nice and we don't want to respond back in anger. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.